Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And we have a special guest in this week, uh, my dad, Don Wojciechowski. Say hello there, Don. Hi, everyone. Uh, what's some of your credentials? What do you uh, What do you bring to the table here to the College Football Rundown? Well, I used to be a sports editor back in suburban Chicago for about 24 years, though it seemed like 50. Um, and I'm also a gambler. How, and this year I'm winning because I haven't made a bet this year. But over the, <laughs> yeah. but over the, but over the last 12, I've uh, contributed to the American economy. <laughs> oh, we all have at some point. So. <laughs> Uh, well, it's good to have you on the show this week. Uh, it should be an exciting week. Got a couple awesome banger of games. We got Clemson and Notre Dame. We got the the uh, the largest cocktail party, uh, Florida and Georgia playing. Uh, so it'll be a good week. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, on to some of our just housekeeping news. Our DraftKings league. I was the winner last week for the first time this year uh, with 206.26 points. I had Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver from Auburn, got me 193 a point. I had Matt Carroll, the quarterback from Mississippi, got me 178 a point. He popped off. And I had uh, DJ O.E. on Goli. <laughs> I think I did yeah, a good well, job there. You're right I, on. You're right I, on. I think I did a good job there. Uh, DJ. I, DJ. Yeah, we'll just get called DJ. DJ the QB from Clemson stepped in for uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence after he got COVID. Uh, he was 250 a point, uh, and he was owned by everyone except one person, and that one person was Ewall06, who finished in second, and followed by Story1135, Story again, and third. Uh, for, so that takes us to the year-long swag contest and the average placement, and that puts me at 2.5, which is in first, followed by Cruz, who was at 3.28, and then followed by Kyle at 3.85. thing about that is, though, Ewall06 just played his fourth contest, so he needs one more to be eligible, and he's at 3.25. So looking to take that that second slot away from uh, Cruz there and bump Wall out of the top three. Uh, so we'll see this week. This week we are going to do the same uh, DraftKings uh, Saturday main slate of 14 games. It's minus one game this week because Wisconsin will not be playing um, again. Uh, who knows if they'll ever play again. But I think that's why DraftKings keeps doing these bigger slates, just because they know some teams are just going to get canceled, Wall. It makes a lot of sense. Well, these games are getting canceled left and right. Although, I will say, Wisconsin is the only one in the Big Ten so far to have their games canceled. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I feel bad for the teams they have to play again. Purdue will have to sit out, <laughs> with, obviously, this week, because uh, Wisconsin cannot feel the team. Uh, but on to some Big Ten games. Let's get into the games. We've got Michigan State, who's 1-1, one one, at Iowa, our ha- beloved Hawkeyes, who are sadly 0-2, um, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Well, I'm happy to talk about this game. We got the Don on to tell us how Iowa's going to do. In this one, Iowa minus 6.5, over-under a 46.5. That's because Iowa's playing football. You're not going to get those 70 over-unders. You know what, Woj? I don't have a lot to say about this game. Iowa's been disappointing me. One stat line I want to bring to everybody's attention is, is Petrus. His QBR, quarterback rating, I think it's at negative one right now, Woj. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, uh, he's not doing well. What, do you, what are your thoughts here being an uh, actual Iowan here? Being an actual Iowan, the first thing I want to bring up is um, last week's leading receiver, Amar Smith-Marset, 
was caught going 70 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone after celebrating last week's loss against Northwestern. Um, he was arrested for a DUI or OWI or what do they call it here? Um, so he will not be participating this week and possibly further down the road. That's just to let you know. But he did have seven receptions for 84 yards last week, which led the Hawkeyes, which they'll have to replace this week. Yeah, a little banging off of that note, just going to some DraftKings. On the Iowa side of this, uh, Sam Laporta, their tight end, is only 4,200. And with smith Marcier out, he's going to see even more targets. Uh, he's had the most targets and receptions on the team uh, 11 or not 11 receptions off the of 19 targets so far this season. Um, he's yet to get a TD with any of those receptions, but I think that's just coming eventually. Uh, you know, if, if you're getting that many that many targets in a game, it's just a matter of Petrus actually being able to throw the ball to an actual receiver uh, in the red zone. So that's just you know just comes down to that. But he's only 42, so if you were going to take an option on Iowa or wanted somebody at a cheap low price. He's been getting consistent points. Uh, Speaking of Spencer Petrus, our new quarterback at Iowa Hawkeye, um, he has a great arm, but he doesn't know how to control it. And he is throwing just bullets to his receivers who are only five yards down the field, a typical Hawkeye route. Um, And the they're not catchable. They could be in the hands, but they will immediately burn the hands if they try to catch it. So uh, he just needs to control himself a little. Yeah, he just needs to take a little chill pill. Uh, <laughs> he, I mean, in sometimes he's he, they're trying to do all these big routes. Like I think last week they had 54 attempts, passing attempts, and that just uh, 50. He was 26 yeah. of 50. Yeah, 26 of 50. I mean, it's just that's not what our typical iowa hawkeye football has ever been um so i'm not quite sure why why they're trying to push Beatrice to be able to do all this but obviously he can't so they need to figure out a different game plan uh woge i gotta tell you that immediately after the game kirk ference our beloved coach said this isn't iowa football which with 50 pass attempts and 23 rush attempts is quite obvious yeah, maybe you should talk to your son and get him to play <laughs> do a different playbook. Yeah. Uh, anything yeah. else in this game there? I have I was uh, top player this year. It's a freshman. His name is Tory Taylor. He's from Melbourne, Australia, and he's the punter. He's 15th <laughs> in the nation, and he is really good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> He is good. He he's got forty. He averages forty six point one yards a punt, and I want the Bears to draft him. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Bears need help too. Um, some more DraftKings notes in this game on the Michigan State side. Uh, let's talk some wide receivers. We got Ricky White, the wide receiver from Michigan State. He's five K. Exploded last week against Michigan with ten targets, hauling in eighty eighty eight of them, not eighty eight of them, for one hundred ninety six yards and one TD. Uh, but here's the thing. 
Jaden Reed, the wide, the, also the wide receiver, he's at 5,900, exploded in the Rutgers game, which was their first game. Both were relatively quiet in each other's explosion games, which leaves the last receiver that's actually done anything on their team, Jalen Naylor, to probably be the guy that's going to do all the exploding this week. I mean, I don't know. It's like crapshoot. You just got to pick one or the other. But he's at 4,700. So I just at the end of the day, it, this is just a tough game at 46.5 over under to throw money into. It's just dumb in my opinion. Uh, there's too much randomness, especially with the wide receivers from Michigan State, which I just talked about. If you're going to go for anybody, I would take Laporta uh, just because he hasn't been random. It's been pretty consistent, and he's only 4,200. So if you need to fill in a spot and that, that's your price point, I would look to him. All right, now on to the biggest cocktail, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We got number eight, Florida, three and one, at number five, Georgia, four and one, 2.30 p.m. on CBS, Wall. <laughs> SEC, baby. If this doesn't get your juices flowing, I don't know what will. Georgia right now, minus three and a half, over under, you know, it's sitting around 53. Depends on what book you're looking at. Might be a hook on it, but you mentioned world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Going to be a little smaller this year. Hopefully everybody's staying safe down there. But in this game, Georgia opened minus five. They've been bet down. Makes sense. A lot of people probably jumping on these big name underdogs because underdogs are performing this year. Let me tell you, it might have something to do also with the fact that Florida just crushed Missouri last week. Well, 41-17 last week. I'm sure you saw the fight. Oh, my goodness. But Georgia on their end, they didn't look so great. They played Kentucky last week, you know, it's the bill for a Kentucky game, really, in my opinion. They play good football. They just don't win. That's what happened last week. Georgia ended up beating them. Florida's games before that, you know, Florida had scored 51, 38, 38, 41, all scores this season. You know, over under right now, 53. You're thinking to yourself, are they going to cover that 53 themselves? Likely not. Likely not. Maybe get a triple overtime game. They will, but other than that, Bulldogs, man, they got a stout defense. They're sitting just outside the top 10 defensive total yards, 300 a game. And that's playing Auburn and Bama already. Those are two good football teams that score points. I think this one's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to coaching. You know, I'll take Kirby Smart over Dan Mullen any day. Take the on-field brawl that I mentioned before from last week as an example. You know, that should not happen. That's on a head coach. You know, Kirby Smart, better head coach. You know, give me uh, Georgia in this game. I will say that the the Bulldogs uh, really got uh, beat up on defense against Kentucky. They're they're down their best safety in Richard LeCount the third, and they're down a starting defensive tackle in Jerion Davis. And one of the ro- defensive tackles that rotates in is also out in uh, Justin uh, Rochette. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Yeah, uh, and they have been dominant this year on defense as well. Uh, yes. Only yeah. allowing 80 yards per game through their first five games uh, on the ground. 2.5 uh, yards uh, an attempt and 0.2 rushing touchdowns per game so far this year. <laughs> I mean, they have looked really good. With those guys out, in, it, it might just be tough. And I mean, their passing D isn't bad either, other than obviously the Alabama game when Mac Jones threw for 417 yards and four TDs. I mean, the rest of the games combined, they only threw for 683 yards, uh, which is only 170 per game. And if you can do that against Florida, then you're in pretty good slot. But again, they did have that hiccup against the Alabama team. And with those guys hurt, 
it actually might be uh, might be a little tougher for Georgia to control the Kyle Trask and Florida offense. Absolutely, it might speak to a little bit of what that where that line move is coming in. Would you know? I don't. I, this you're going to see this game at three some point this week, and maybe those injured players, Georgia defense being obviously their main trait here, maybe those injured players are affecting this line move. Yeah, I'm like in Florida in this game right now, and I thought I would go with Georgia, but um, I I think the Gators can put up some points. Yeah, they can. I mean, one of their biggest guys that can put up points is Kyle Trask, the quarterback for Florida. Uh, he's pretty evenly price tagged this week at 8100 and he hasn't disappointed yet this season. He's averaging 34.8 points on DraftKings through all of his games so far this year. And it's not like he had one big game, one small game that averages that out. He's been right around th that number every single game. Uh, so that's consistent. We talked about that in those cash games, being consistent. Um, uh, he wouldn't even need 34 to get value at this week at 8,100. So, I mean, it's just pretty good. Uh, he's yet to score less than four TDs in any game so far this season. Uh, beware, though. Last year, he did only score 16.1 versus the Georgia D. Um, that hasn't changed much since last year. But, again, there are some injuries, and they did give up a chunk of yards versus Alabama. Uh, in the air at 417 and four TDs to that Mac Jones and Alabama offense. Um, two other options to kind of stack with him if you wanted to take him and you wanted to do a stack here for a tournament play. Uh, Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida, and then Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Uh, Tony's at 7,800 and Pitts is at 6,200. We've talked about Pitts before in this show and he's he's been amazing. He's probably one of the best tight ends in college football at the moment. Uh, he'd be my favorite play here, especially being $1,600 cheaper. Uh, and it keeps me from sinking too much money into this game because there's just the over-under is 53, but you never know what's going to happen if, if Florida's going to slow it down or Georgia's going to make him slow it down. Uh, it's just one of those that I'm worried about picking a lot of these guys because I'm just not 100% sure what the game plan is going to be here. Um, he does get targeted more and is just consistent overall, so that's why I like him and, and like that pick if you were going to do a stack. Uh, Tony has the TD edge on Pitts, but I just like Pitts in a big game like this. It's a mismatch for Georgia, and uh, they're going to need any all the mismatches they can get, especially with those injuries. Uh, I would just look for Pitts to outperform Tony in this one uh, maybe not get the long TDs that you're looking for wide receivers to get, but just to be consistent, especially near the goal line in the red zone, uh, getting those touchdowns for this week. Uh, any more in this game? I would say that's a no. Um, the Georgia quarterback, Stenson Bennett, is not very impressive at all. Um, threw two interceptions against Kentucky last week, and he's completing 58% uh, of his passes. That really doesn't bode well for a lot of scoring from Georgia. No, and they actually haven't done that much scoring this year. It's just that D's just been playing so incredibly well. Really good, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they haven't had to do much. All right, on to our next game. We got number 14, Oklahoma State, 4-1 at Kansas State, who's 4-2, 3 p.m. on Fox, Wall. Fox game. Fox game, well, just it's over under a 46 we're talking about the Big 12. You have an over-under of 46. Can you check that to make sure it's right? Because I just don't believe it. Oklahoma State, minus 12 and a half. You have an over-under of 46. Something's off here. You guys talk about this one. i got to check to make sure that line's right. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this? 
Dad? On this one, um, yeah, Oklahoma State lost a heartbreaker last week to Texas in overtime. I mean, they outgained Texas 530 yards to 282 and lost 41-34 in overtime. And Kansas State, as well as they started, um, I think they proved their real worth last week when they got hammered at West Virginia 37-10. I think Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy's they're going to come out firing on all cylinders. Um, but how many points in Kansas State score is the question. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Oklahoma State's got to make a, a point now to rack up as much points as they can just to show off. But, yeah, it's a Big 12 game slow. I like Oklahoma. They don't seem like a Big 12 team uh, when they play. They And they did look like they did outperform Texas last week, but it just wasn't enough. A couple guys to think about in this game. I'm just going to pick Oklahoma State guys because I don't think Kansas State's going to do much here. But uh, Chubba Hubbard, uh, the running back for Oklahoma State, he's 7,800. Uh, he's priced right this week uh, for me to consider taking him. I mean, he's usually super high in value, but there are so many top-end running backs that are just extremely overpriced. Um, I mean, you have Williams from North Carolina, who has just been awesome, and he's been great. But, I mean, I can't keep sinking in huge amounts of bucks for him. Um so we're going to look at Chubba Hubbard, who's 7,800. He's pretty decently priced. Kansas State or Kansas State's been struggling uh, against the run, giving up 163.2 yards on the ground per game. And here's the big kicker: Hubbard scored 41.3 points in DraftKings last year against them, rushing for 296 yards. So he almost even got another bonus point there if he would have made it to 300. Um, be a big opportunity this week for him to get a 30-plus uh, and show some of the numbers that he was putting up last year. On the other end of that, you got Spencer Sanders, the quarterback from Oklahoma State, who's only at 7,600. Um, solid play at that price. Uh, I can't say that uh, that he's not because he is. It's, it's a really good price for a quarterback that's tossing up a lot of points every week. Uh, but here's your trade-off. Is Sanders going to get the points or is Hubbard going to get the points? I mean, Sanders, I think, ended up with 16.1 points in that Kansas State game last year because Hubbard just did all the work. So my bet is on Hubbard getting 25 carries or more uh, in this game and him being the powerhouse he was the same way he was last year. Do you think a lot of teams are focusing on Hubbard stopping him? I mean, he had 2,094 yards last year. He's only got 550 this year through what uh, was it? Six games, five games, five. Yeah, games. five games for them. And I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good good question because he hasn't really shown that power that he had last year. I don't know if it's an offensive line issue. Maybe they're just uh, giving Sanders a little more t more time, air time. They feel more comfortable with Sanders. But yeah, it just hasn't. He hasn't clicked yet, but I, I, if this if he was ever going to click, and he clicked last year in this game, I think this is it. I think this is the game where they're going to get a lead. He's going to get on the ground, and he's just going to he's going to overpower that Kansas State defensive line. Any other thoughts in that game? I like that Oklahoma receiver Wallace. Um, Thirty-five catches for he's averaging sixteen point eight yards a catch. Um, I don't know what his prices and DraftKings, but um, could be a good play. Yeah, he is expensive on DraftKings. Uh, he's at 7900 I wouldn't 
be opposed to playing that. And I have another wide receiver pick. I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to pick a top end wide receiver this week. Uh, and he is not my play this week, but he could very well be. I mean, it's just it's picking one of those guys. And you know, it I would pick him if I didn't think Hubbard was going to be the guy in this game, and them possibly being in the lead for most of the game and just keeping it on the ground, doing Oklahoma State things. But uh, maybe they do feel that alarm bell going off like now we just lost one we got to start racking up points we got to make uh we got to make a play for the playoffs and you're not going to make a play for the playoffs if you're not scoring points so um yeah i mean that that's the only reason i wouldn't pick walls just because of that big question mark with hubbard and how much he impacted this game last year and compared to uh yeah all right Biggest probably game of the week. Uh, we have number one Clemson seven and zero at number four Notre Dame six and zero. Six thirty p.m. on NBC. Wall, we're bringing it back to NBC for Notre Dame. Yeah, you know it's going to be there. I mean Notre Dame plus five and a half over under a fifty one and a half in this one. I it feels like New Year's Eve. This is definitely a playoff game. You know these are two playoff caliber teams as the season stands right now. Everyone knows the big news in this one. Trevor Lawrence is out. It's causing a lot of uncertainty in that that betting line. It opened at minus seven and a half in Clemson's favor. I should say Clemson was the favorite. Bet all the way down to 15 and a half, minus 15 and a half that is for Clemson. I mean, that's a, that's a big move. Move back all the way up to minus five and a half now, you know. Notre Dame getting some love. Back and forth, back and forth. A lot of uncertainty. Market cannot come to a conclusion on this one. The freshman quarterback, Ugalele, I tried it. I tried my best there, but he will not be playing a BC defense, a Boston College defense this this game. You know that Boston College defense gives up 26 a game. That's that's a lot of points for a defense to give up. This is a very stingy Notre Dame defense. That's what we like to say, Woj. They barely give up 10 points a game to offenses. You know, Clemson. Oh, I think they're gonna have to rely a bit more on the experience of ETN in this game. You know, big games like this, you want to go with your experience, guys. Definitely not a freshman quarterback playing his second game, starting his second game. They struggled against Boston College last week. You know, they got a lot of help from outside factors, including but not limited to the officials. Really made me mad in that one. The thing we got to remember in this game, beginning of the season, spoke about DraftKings having that 10 to 1 on Notre Dame to win the ACC championship. You remember that, Woj? Yeah, yeah. So we got that bet down, right? Let's say we have that bet down. This is a time where we could potentially hedge part of our bet. Clemson minus 250 on that money line. That's a good number for Clemson right now. With all the uncertainty, you're getting a pretty good number there. A full hedge on, let's say we bet $100 on that conference championship. It requires a $785 bet on Clemson at minus 250. We don't want to do that because this will not decide the ACC championship. In actuality, it has very little to do with the ACC championship as both teams are expected to win out and likely play each other again for the ACC championship. But if the spread stays this low, I'll likely be looking to lay the points with Clemson. Won't be a direct hedge per se, but it will spread out some of that risk if Clemson just comes out and dominates Notre Dame, which is a concern. You know, it'll give us bad odds for hedging on a potential Clemson versus Notre Dame ACC championship if that happens. Yeah, this is uh, going to be a barn burn. It's going to be. Awesome. It, the Notre Dame's defense versus that Clemson offense and Oyan Galele uh, coming in for Trevor Lawrence is a big storyline here. And what are your thoughts going into this, Woj? I'm th- well, you know, Notre Dame's got the fourth ranked defense in points allowed. Clemson's number 11. In yards allowed, Notre Dame's sixth. Clemson is seventh in yards allowed. 
I is I don't think they're gonna anybody's gonna hit 52 in this game. Yeah, I mean that's it's likely. I think the numbers are, are rising up there just because of how much they've scored against some of their other contests. I mean they did have a game this year where they did score 72 points. Yeah, Clemson beat Georgia Tech 73 to seven. Last week, Notre Dame beat Georgia Tech 31 to 13. Yeah, two different, two different opposite style kind of games, though. I mean, it, Notre Dame plays a different kind of game than than Clemson, where they'll try to wear them down. They'll try to run the clock down. They're going to run the ball a lot more than uh, than Clemson will, even though Clemson's got ETN. I mean, they, they use him a lot as like a West Coast kind of running back, where he'll catch passes out of the backfield or or just short slant routes. Uh, I find it interesting that people were saying Etienne had a terrible rushing game last week, um, and he carried 20 times for 84 yards. Oh, and he also caught seven passes for 140. Uh, <laughs> I don't, 224 yards total offense. I'll take the kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he, just he bailed out his freshman quarterback a few times, giving him a dump route to make things a little easier. Amen. Yeah, I mean, that's big, having that dump route, having that option uh, with a good kind of West Coast running back like he is. Uh, it just it helps a lot for that transition for Oyungalele to to maneuver into that more comfortable role, getting him comfortable in a game. You know, Clemson's D hasn't been like it has in the past, though. I mean, yeah, they're good and they're ranked pretty well, but a lot of these games have been way too close too early. Uh, where they do pull away in the second half, but it's because of how much they're scoring points. Um, so I, I don't think this is the same Clemson D we've seen in national championship games in years past. Um, you know, that being said, you don't have Lawrence in there. Obviously, it's it's a it's a different kind of game without Lawrence in there. I don't care who you who your backup is and how five many five stars he has. It's it's just not the same game. Um, but this is a coaching battle, and I, I love this. I, I Brian Kelly versus Dabo Sweeney. I mean, sign me up for that. Those two guys get fired up on the sidelines, get mad, get angry, come up with the craziest play calls you've ever seen in big games um, just to kind of throw the other team off. I, I really like this matchup. This is going to be a blast to watch, especially Dabo and Brian Kelly. I want to see who throws more clipboards or, I don't know, maybe <laughs> throws their face mask down more. But that, with a D like a Notre Dame, the ability to hog the ball and chew up the clock, like I talked about before, with Clemson, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough for Clemson to keep moving, keep getting that, you know, that rhythm going. If if Notre Dame has longer drives, it's going to wear down Clemson's D. They're going to be able to score some points, and uh, I fully expect, uh, without Sunshine to boost the Notre to boost Clemson. Uh, and Notre Dame hogging the ball. I look to Notre Dame to cover. Maybe not win, but to definitely cover this game for sure. Ooh, it's quite a call. That's a that's a bold call. Is that going to be your Wojan Wall pick'em? Ah, uh, no, I got a better one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, any more in that game, fellas? I don't think so. I can't wait for it to start. Who do you who are you taking in that one, Woj? I'm just wondering. What do you what would you take if you were going to gamble in that game? Oh boy, uh, I think I'll take Notre Dame and get the okay. points and hope for a three-point. We'll go with the uh, Walls Hedge on this one. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Play Clemson on the money line and Notre Dame uh, to cover. There you okay. go. Okay. <laughs> At least you're gonna win one, probably. All right, last game of the day. This is uh, this is an exciting one here. While we've yet to get these guys into the or rundown this year, we've had them in the past. Um, and they seem to always just make it in the rundown because they always cover and they're having another amazing year. We got South Alabama, who's three and three. And no, I'm not talking about South Alabama. I'm talking about the number 15 in the nation, Coastal Carolina, who's six and oh, 7 p.m. on ESPN U wall. I love this team. Coastal Carolina, they're one of my favorites, Woj. Mine's 17 and a half, over under 54 and a half. You watched the game last week, barely squeaked by, right? That three ba- and a half barely. I, I had to act, barely. I had to check, you know, to make sure that I got my bet. And it, I it, I covered because I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, you yeah. covered. You you did. I, if I did the math in my head, it was fifty-one to nothing. Fifty-one minus three and a half. Eh, it was a cover, which that's what matters. Man, did they crush Georgia State? Made a little bit, you know, of their own luck on a few of those Georgia State drives when they got a couple turnovers and had a one-fourth down stop. But they looked good on defense overall. Coastal Carolina defense been good all year long. Coastal Carolina, what are, you, what are you talking about? Well, they've had a good defense. You know, they're top 15 in total yards allowed and total points allowed both. Great secondary up front. And second level, they do have a little bit of uh, trouble stopping the run. Look for Georgia State to try to take advantage of that. Running the ball 52% of the time. Will likely keep the ball on the ground a bit more this game. Good defense makes sense, you know, being a team I like to take. Remember last year, once we won on that game, how many houses did we win? Two, three? I, I think it was two. <laughs> yeah, I, think the, I think there was a playground in that, too. I think there was a place, a like a swing Maybe. set, yeah. Yeah, we told everybody, you know, bet your house on this Kansas, you know, Coastal Carolina. Bet your house on Coastal Carolina. They end up covering on the money line. That's what we wanted people to do. So it's a team I really like. I lost actually betting on them against them this year in the Kansas game, but made up for it with that big win last year against the, or last week against the spread. 17 and a half, though, you know, <laughs> It's a lot to lay in a football game like this. I think I think I like the Chanteliers. Um, you guys know what a Chantelier is, by the way? No. Dandelier, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's from uh, Chaucer's Count, uh, Canterbury Tales. And a Chantelier is a proud and fierce rooster who dominates the barnyard. And I think they're going to dominate <laughs> South Alabama <laughs> By more than 18 points or 17 oh. points. There oh, you go. There you have ooh, it. Ooh. Uh, so, you know, I originally came into this week and seeing that that line, I was like, I think this is a fade week for for Coastal. I, I've bet them three times this year on the on the, on the the uh, spread, and I've won all three of them. Um, but I was like, I, I, I thought going to this game, this is a, this is, this is a fade for me here at 17 and a half. And then I, I looked into it more. Coastal beat up Georgia Southern without their starting quarterback. I mean, beat them up. South Alabama's last game was, it was to them and they lost only scoring 14 points. Uh, with Grayson McCall back at the helm for Coastal, I, I like Coastal to make a statement here and keep running up the score. I, I mean, that wasn't a fluke, I don't think, last week with 51 or nothing. I think they want to show the nation that they're here, and they're going to have to run up the score to do that. And I, I like them in this game. I'm going to take them 17.5. I'm going to take it on the line, too, with the points. I, I like that thinking. you got to stay with the hot with the hot team. And they are hot, and they're out to prove something. Hey, I got one more little tidbit on this game. Uh, 
David Bennett used to coach this team. And maybe you guys have seen this in the in the ESPN rants or whatever, coaches rants. But David Bennett was the guy who says, we need dogs. We don't we need dogs. We don't need any cats. Meow, meow. You can go to YouTube and look up uh, Coastal <laughs> Carolina. We need dogs. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sounds like a Mike Leach uh, taunt. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Yes, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, just a couple other mentions here for DraftKings uh, for this slate. Tungavailoa, his brother. Uh, Tulia? Tulia? I, I don't even know. That one's probably worse than Oweungolea. Yeah. But his brother is the quarterback for Maryland now, transferred over from Alabama. He's 7,000 this week. 7K. Yeah, 7K. One of the cheaper quarter, starting quarterbacks this week. He scored 47.7 points last week on DraftKings. 47.7. And he's 7K this week. Maybe that has a little bit to do with him coming off the first game, which he had negative 0.8 points. Uh, not a good first week, for, especially for DraftKings. But uh, but listen, 7K, 47.7, got his rhythm, got the jitters off. Uh, no more first game jitters. Uh, he looked really good last week. His receivers looked good, looked like he was running the ball. He spread the ball around. I like him going into the Penn State D. I don't even care. Uh, and there's another reason I like wow. him, too, and we'll go over that in a little bit. But I like him going into the Penn State D. I think he's the next quarterback of the Big Ten to, to break out. I, he is absolutely fantastic. He looked just like his brother. And his receivers, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but some of his receivers were catching some amazing passes. Like, I couldn't believe it. And they were kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I was just like, wow, wow, that, that's great. It's good to see Maryland back in the action and playing pretty well. Um, I'm going to chalk off that first game and not doing good just to some jitters and just some confusion, but uh, they sure figured it out last week, uh, scoring 47.7 points. If he can get me that again at 7K, I'm all bored on that train. Uh, Denami Brown, wide receiver from North Carolina. I talked earlier about I'm going to take one of these high-end wide receivers, and I think he's my play this week. He's at 7,700, so he's not the most expensive. You got Dotson from Penn State, who's the most expensive. I don't know if you guys saw those. I think he had back-to-back one-handed grabs in the air um, last week in that game, which was pretty impressive. But nevertheless, I really like the Nemani Brown this week. I think he has a chance to score more than any other wide receiver uh, out there. Uh, he is my pick for sure. And I'm going to spend some money on wide receivers this week. I, I know last week was a big running back week. I think I'm going to spend a, quite a bit of money on some wide receivers and I'm going to take a big top end guy. And Nami Brown is my guy. Uh, he is going to play against a Duke D that's not very good. It's a high over under highest over under game on the board at 64. Uh, and he scored 56 points last week. 56 points. He's coming off a hot game. Give me give me Deami Brown. He's going to be on my roster, at least one of my rosters this week for sure. All right. Last but not least, we got our Wojen Wall Pick'em. Last week, Wall, you didn't do so hot. You had the ND over at 57, didn't quite make it there. I had the Ohio State at minus 12. Uh, I think it ended at 13. I actually took it at game time. It was 10. Uh, I put a bet on him at 10, at minus 10, uh, and won that, obviously. Um, this week, Wall, who are you going to go for? Uh, this week, I got to go. We didn't even mention it, Walsh. We, we went this whole episode. We had the Don on. We were so happy about that. But 
Pac-12 is back in action this week, you know. Also with Mac, they're back too. But I'm going to have to jump over there to Pac-12. I saw Oregon State was given a point and a half. Didn't even pay attention to who they were playing at first. They're playing Washington State, it turns out. So I'm going to take Washington State plus one and a half. Yeah, the uh, the Pac-12 is playing. And there's a couple of the games that are in the slate too. I'm just too skeptical to pick them until they at least play a couple games. But Arizona State, USC, I think uh, Utah and Arizona are also on the list. So, yeah, is Arizona uh, at Utah are uh, in the slate as well. But I'm going to be taking a Big Ten game. I'm going to take Maryland plus 25 at Penn State. That just impressed me last week, what Tungavailoa did and how good they looked on offense. Um, and I know they're playing Penn State, and Sean Clifford is, is good in his own right and can tear people apart, but I look for this to be a shootout, and I think it's going to be closer than what they expected. I, 25 points is a lot. I, I, I opened up my DraftKings earlier this week, and I saw – I think I got them at 24.5 on DraftKings, but – now they obviously moved to 25, or maybe they got them at 25 and a half. But I was like, okay, give me that for sure. Um, so I'm going to take Maryland plus the points uh, this week. Uh, wow. Now we always do a guest. We always do a guest. The guest has to kind of pick a game here. Are you going to stick with your Notre Dame pick there, uh, Woj? Um, yeah, the first I got to say, you're not afraid of an 0-2 Penn State team at home. No. Wow. <laughs> no. That's a one-word answer for it. Wow. Uh, not not the way Maryland looked last week. And I, I mean, in the home and away thing for me right now, especially in these colleges that are just traveling by bus or whatnot, whatever they're doing, but uh, there's no fans there. I mean, it's just, it's not the same thing. Um, the, you go to the big house and there's not 100,000 people there. It's not the same kind of game as playing them when there's 100,000 people there. Uh, and I mean, obviously this isn't the big house, but I mean, Penn state's a big stadium in its own right in death Valley, but our happy Valley, excuse me, not death Valley. Um, but I'd Maryland plus 25. It just seems a little odd that it's that separated for how good that offense looked last week. I don't expect Maryland to win that game. They possibly could, but I don't expect them to win it, but 25 points with that offense and how good it looked last week. I'll take it any day of the week. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm looking at your list here. I got to pick off your list, right? It doesn't have to be off the list. You can pick any game you want. Uh, the coastal game, you can pick the Notre Dame or any game you want out there. You know, you um, can, you could pick Iowa state and not get invited back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that running back from Iowa state is good. Yeah. He's uh, fun to watch too. I have to say. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Reese Hall, yeah, he's good. I am gonna, I'm gonna stick with my uh, Fighting Irish to cover that spread. I think it's gonna be a 24-21 game, and if that, and um, yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Fighting Irish, and I'm not really a big Fighting Irish fan. <laughs> I like it. Um... I also like the fact, well, that I wasn't the first one to bring up an Iowa State player this week. I technically didn't bring up an Iowa State player. Your dad did first. So. Well, yeah. It was, it was another Woj, but at least it wasn't me. <laughs> Come on. You guys got to be Cyclone fans. No. Thanks for listening, everyone. 
You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>